Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Now open in Dundalk beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk. You're very welcome to Friday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Lots of guests and chat to come. And it's Boot Club Friday. Margaret Madden is with us after two with our recommendations for this month. And we have a lovely gift pack of books, as usual, to give away. Fred Cook, can we get him through in the dancing? We'll be finding out later on. An update from our Lose Weight and Feel Great crew. And Tracy Flinters with us. She's running the Pierce Lines Distillery, a mead lady, uh, that lovely distillery in the heart of Dublin in the Liberties. First today... He's uh, been living near Kells uh, in recent years. To say he's gone through and still experiencing tough times would be an understatement. Murder, sudden deaths, illness, violence and financial difficulties have all darkened the door of Tom Atfield, who's here to tell his story. Tom, you're very welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for joining me today. I I did say when we were chit-chatting there for a few minutes before we came on air, in one lifetime, people have difficulties. Do you feel that... You've had more than your share. There's times I feel that I've been cursed. I really do. I've, it's since coming to Ireland. I come here with the two kids to try and give them a, a better life. You know. When when did you come to Ireland? What what years you come here? Two thousand and four. So you're you're part of the furniture at this stage, yeah, Tom. Just just a bit. Just haven't got the accent. <laughs> Don't worry about the accent. Uh, so so you're here a good few years now. Yeah. So you came here. And you start with your two children. Exactly. That yeah. was the idea. Yeah. Where did you go? Where did you go to live when you came to Ireland first? Oh, uh, we was in Kildare, a little town, Selbridge, just on the border there with Dublin. Mm. And what did you work at? What did you do yourself? Uh, security. Okay, so you're working away, you're earning a living. Where did you live? Uh, we're renting. We've been renting accommodations. We've, you know, leases come, leases go. We've been in about 10 or 12 different houses now. So you've never actually been able to secure a place of your own. You've been on the move renting all these been years. On, been on the uh, move all the time. Uh, both the children couldn't finish their uh, leaving certs or their junior certs. You know, it's, it's, it's taken a toll on them as well. Now, I want to step back a little because you came to Ireland in 2004 and you left behind. Had you a son and an ex-wife in England? From a previous marriage. Yes. Um, well, the, the, the guess thing is... I was married when I was a teenager, a very young teenager, and Julie, she she was young too. Marriage didn't last too long. We was both kids, kids having kids. Uh, these things happen, and we split. Well, years down the line, in 92, I, I met a woman, we got married, Ed, Chloe and Ben. 
Um, things didn't work out, and I ended up moving over here with the kids. And that son that you had when you were... James, yeah. That's a great phrase there you use, children having children. You were very young. Um, he was remained in England, and he lived there, never came here with you or anything like no, that? No, no, no. Now, we we hadn't seen each other in a while. Okay, all right. You, you'd fallen out of contact contact with we each other? We had fallen out of contact. I, I hadn't really seen him in a, a few years. He, he's, I mean, all credit to his mother. His mother raised him. And she made a very good job. No, not being in contact is tough enough, and that's your own personal business. But in 2014, you got a phone call, I presume. That was one that nobody ever wants to get. In 2014, what it was is my sister phoned me, and she said, the Metropolitan Police are looking for you in England. They're, They're all over the place looking for you. And they'd contacted my brother. So my brother's said, well, I can get in contact with him, and so he did, and I phoned, and uh, that's when they broke the news to me about James. He'd been murdered? He'd been murdered, yeah. What age was he at that stage? He's 33. And this murder was an absolutely random act? It was... Uh, James was in the wrong place at the wrong time. He had no enemies. He was... He just liked to go out, play his guitar, sing... And it was on one of them nights coming home that he was attacked. He's 33. Tell them, this guy that attacked him, his name was James as well. Yeah. What was his name, James? Fairweather. What age was that lad? 15. So a 15-year-old randomly attacked your son in his early 30s, going about his business, not bothering anybody. Well, he wasn't even on his feet. It was a nice summer's evening. He'd, he'd, He'd been out and he was coming through the park... Um, he was left brain damaged after an accident a few years earlier, so he would get tired. So he just laid himself down on the grass for a little while. And this fella just come up and stabbed him while he was laying down. Multiple, multiple times? 102 times. Died instantly there and then? No, no. Survived it? Survived. He laid there for six hours, and a woman jogger was going through and found him, and... I'd like to thank her, really. I've never had the chance to thank her, but she held his hand till he passed away. So it was quite uh, horrific for him, and it was horrific for her too. The only thing is he had somebody with him, and you know that. Exactly, That's some consolation that he didn't leave this world alone, Exactly, if it's any consolation. This fellow who killed him, um, 15 years of age, he was the second person he'd killed, Yes. First. The first. first. He killed again then subsequently? Um, yeah, about a few weeks later. He killed a, a young girl on her way to college. Stabbed her, I believe, 33 times. And eventually was caught as he was lining up a third victim. Yeah. As a woman walking a dog um, reported somebody acting suspiciously in the bushes. And uh, when the police come initially searched him and found a knife. They'd done him for an offensive weapon. But it wasn't, I believe, till the next day or so they realised he was the killer. So they were able to link him with the two previous murders, including your own son. And he's been put away for a long time, subsequently. Uh, Life, with recommendation of 27 years. Minimum. Minimum. That he would serve. This was 
just something that you can't really get your head around, can you? Why somebody does something like this? You know, he, he kind of tried to use these voices in his head. Satan was telling him to kill people. I mean, I think we're all past the stage now where we, we see a comet and bell and we bell to the gods. We're, we're past that. There's no Satan. We all hear these voices in our head. We've all got them. It's our faults, right? But we control our faults. We see something on the telly, we get wound up. We control our faults. It's his faults. It's not no Satan. There's there's nothing like that there. It's just you act on your faults. I suppose some people will say that our intellect and minds of some people are softer or weaker than others and they interpret it in a different way, you know, in, in, when, when this is looked deeper well, into. Well... Listen, when you see a child and he doesn't get a toy in his shop and he stamps his feet and he throws things around, has he been possessed by Satan or is he just having a tantrum? I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. And and it's very hard to rationalise this, especially when you've lost a son mm. in this manner as well. But listen, that, that, that was horrific. But before that, uh, in 2010, you had a brother called Reg. Tell us what happened to him. Well, um, actually, it started before that. My, my brother-in-law, Basil, my, my sister's husband, he was working in City West and the trench caved in on him, killed him instantly. Um, a year later, my brother, he was working in a neighbour's garden, just helping the neighbour, and was trying to start a, a chainsaw. He put the chainsaw down, fell backwards. He'd had a massive heart attack, died on the spot. What age was he? 54. Young man as well. Yeah. And after the murder of your son, James, the following year, another brother of yours, Billy. Yep, he was uh, diagnosed with cancer. Um, It was untreatable. And a couple of weeks later, he passed away. How many were in your family? That was two of your brothers. You was three. How many others were there in your family? Uh, Three sisters. Okay, and they're with you. They're they're still... They are. My my sister was diagnosed with cancer. Um... She got through it, and then she was re-diagnosed again with cancer, and she got through that. And the guest thing is, she's never smoked in her life. <laughs> but this is one of the Doesn't things. always follow. No, exactly. When those things happen, and your brother-in-law, two brothers, your son... As you said, you must feel you have a four-leaf shamrock. Is that is that unlucky or lucky? I don't know whether Not they say... Well. It. No, it's like a curse. It is really like Do you a curse. believe that, that it's a curse? I, I don't know what to believe. It's just one thing after another. It's like a domino effect. It's just, you know, on and on and on and on. Mm. You feel that, that one has sort of, in a sequence, followed another. Yes, yeah. And you personally have not been exempt from this curse, as you call it, because you've been diagnosed with cancer, haven't you? Yes, I've got uh, diagnosed with three strains of cancer. Two are aggressive I've got to go in hospital for a bone scan next week to see if it's affected my bones and take it from there, really. So you're going through this now? Yeah. You're here today to tell us about this just litany of tragedy. I, I don't know how actually you'd get up in the morning and face a day. Do you ever feel like that when you're waking and or go to bed at night thinking, what next? Well, yeah, I've said that on many occasions. What's going to happen next? It, you know, it's just um, 
you come to expect things to happen. And more did happen. You mentioned you were in Kildare there, you were working in security, getting on very well. Yeah. But you had to, you were, your house was where you were living in Kildare was attacked. Yes. And you were burned out of, of where you lived there. Well, basically, what, what happened was, when this new licensing came in, um, at first it was very hard to send off for your... your this isn't a security licence. Yes. Yeah. It was it was hard. Anyway, I I was laid off. Um, and I was approached by some lads that I'd worked with. And uh, they offered me money to sell drugs for them. Because... I'd worked in the tan and I knew everybody. My family come from the tan. And I refused. Now, the first thing that happened was my car went missing. My car went missing. It was set on fire. Uh, the insurance people thought it was suspicious. Wouldn't pay me out. A month or so later, I was a... You know, again, I was a... I had somebody come to me. I refused. Then the house went up in flames. Uh, two o'clock in the morning. Did you know these people? Um, vaguely, yeah, yeah. But you flatly refused. You never got involved in anything no, yourself. No, no, I won't get involved with drugs. And drugs and violence, I don't like it. I won't. So you took a stand, and for taking a stand, you paid a, a very heavy price. Well, I took the stand. Uh, I was on the council list then. There, we 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 got out. The two two kids was in their pajamas. I was barefoot. I had a pair of jog, jogging bottoms on and a vest. We was covered in soot. Uh, we produced ourselves to the council. I told them what had happened. And the mention of drugs said we were not helping you. Full stop. And after that, for the next six weeks, we found ourselves sleeping in the car. Hold it there for just one second. I want to take a short break on late lunch. Tom Atfield is with us. Can you believe this for a sequence of events that comes to darken the door of anybody in their lives? Tom Atfield is telling us his story on late lunch this afternoon. After the fire happened in, when you were in Kildare, um, were you rehoused there or what happened? What was the sequence of events and, and why are you in me now? Well... We was lucky to get out. The two kids had their pyjamas. I didn't have no shoes on. I had a pair of jogging bottoms and a vest. We was covered in soot. And everything in the in the house was destroyed. Uh, we produced ourselves up to the housing. Uh, and I mentioned what had happened. I was straight with them. I said that I'd been approached to sell drugs. I said no. At the mention of that, they said, we can't help you. We're not going to help you. Um, I threatened at the time to go to the newspaper. And they said, yeah, if you do this then we will take, make sure the kids are taken off you. The kids was only younger at the time, like five years ago. So anyway, um, we moved to Meath and we got on the housing list and we was told, bet five years and you should be housed. Now, I went up there yesterday. We've been here five years. And you've been renting for that five years, paying your rent on time, yes. no problem. Yeah. The first house we had... Um, we got three weeks' notice to get out because it was being repossessed. And we ended up... We're in a, a two-bedroom cottage now, the four of us. So there's you, your two children and a grandchild? Yeah. In a tiny place? Yeah. Not much space at all for anybody? No, no space at all. Two bedrooms? Two bedrooms. Mm. Um, it's a nice place, but it's just too small. 
So you're five years, and and you when you went to the Meath housing people when you came, they said to you, "Sorry, back then, but it'll be about five years before we can do anything for you." Was that it? It was, and I actually talked to the same woman. Yeah, the same woman yesterday, and she said, "In in reality, you're looking probably another four or five years." But then I said, "But if more people come in and they produce their homeless, well, of course they would be going on top of you, ahead of you." Yeah. Mm. So you're staring the blank page, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm 57 years old now. I don't know where this this uh, illness is going to take me. I don't know how bad it is yet. Um, I want to make sure my kids are settled. I mean, they've they've not had a a home now. Nowhere we can call. We've had a roof over our head, but we've not had a home. Uh, neither of them could do their junior certs because we moved about that much. No, neither of them. They, what was it called? The when you finish school. Yeah, to 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 move on to college. And go to the Debs and all that. They, oh they, yes. they missed all that. Mm. You know, money was tight and has been tight. Well, it's not that. It's, it's just that they couldn't finish schools because we was being bounced about I from here to there yeah. and everywhere with the moving. Yeah. Okay. Logistically, practically, yeah. that that didn't happen. Five more years. Five more years at least. It's a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I first come, I was told maybe eight years. I was told there was eight eight thousand people on the waiting list. So, and they were saying about eight years. You know, there is a big push to deliver on social housing, and 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 you can see it happening. You know, in in certain places. Mm-hmm. Would you be willing to move? Obviously, for someone that's moved all their lives, isn't that a stupid question? Yeah, well, the, the thing is, that now, they give you a form to fill in and you have to mark three areas where okay. you, you'd like to live. Now, they only give you the, the option of the three areas. Now, I don't mind where we go. I mean, our world is inside the door, not outside the door. We keep ourselves to ourselves, we pay our rent, we pay our bills, that's it. If we don't like what's going on outside... We don't involve ourselves. And and that's just us. That's the way we are. And your uncertainty personally as well, to come back to that, you don't know where you're going with your own health at this stage no. until you get further diagnosis and to see what... Well, that's it, yeah. ...happens there. I mean, it's... It started over a year ago. It's taken a year for them to diagnose it now. I mean, now all the stops are out. We're going for the scans, the MIRs. Yeah. You know? Mm. The other thing is that uh, I mentioned at the beginning there, financial, and what I was referring to is uh, the toll people, eFlow, have been chasing you for money for a while as well. Tell me about that. What happened there? Um, I'd sold a car um, to to a, a family member. The book was filled out, but somewhere along the line it was for, got to be posted. Now, actually, it was two cars. I think there was five tolls that she had gone through and hadn't paid. These five tolls escalated so much, it was nearly on to €2,000. So, when they started hounding me for it, the, the solicitors, I got straight back onto them and I, I explained the situation. I went to the family member. I don't want to mention any names. That's okay. She phoned them. She 
she turned around and said, yes, it's my car. I was driving, and it's me you should go and leave Tom alone. He's enough problems with his, the cancer and things that are happening. And they said, well, have you got the 2,000 euros? No, she says. Well, it's a registered in Mr. Atfield's name. We'll go after him. They took me to court without even telling me I was going to court. And the judge awarded them nine, nearly 900 euros. So, Are you still liable for that? Yep. I've been threatened there with a letter come last week that they're going to send the sheriff to remove goods. Obviously, if the transfer is not made, you understand that I don't have to tell you that. No, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it happened to me on a smaller scale. I got lucky and I, I noticed something very quickly and we were able to sort it. And, and obviously, that's what they're just looking at the cold light of day. The transfer wasn't made. The vehicle is still in your name. You are legally responsible. But, but listen, if, if somebody had robbed the bank and they blamed you, and the person come forward and said, I've robbed the bank, would they still prosecute you? <laughs> it's a real good analogy. <laughs> Case dismissed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except I'm not the judge. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. If somebody comes forward and says, look, it was me, mm. why would you then take the wrong person mm. to court? Isn't it just another one of those things in your life? Yeah. You know, when you look at it in the in, in the round and everything that we've been talking about here. It's... Look, there's been times, and I'll be honest with you, that I've not even wanted to wake up. I go to bed, I don't want to wake up in the morning. It's been, It's got that bad. I've been tormented, I've been bombarded with threatening letters, phone calls, and they're, they're just merciless. You tell them you're not, not able for it. You tell them you're not well... And they bombard you. And this is the toll people you're talking about here. These, this is their solicitor. Mm. Mm. You know, and you try and talk to them, and they talk to you like you're there's something on your shoe. But they talk down to you as if you're some kind of a criminal. Can you pay this off at a fiver a week or a tenner a week? Well, I'm not going to pay it. It's not my fine. You're staying with that. You're not budging from that <laughs> at all because the fine. person who had the car has said. It's her yeah, responsibility. Yeah. They, they sent me a picture of the, the person driving. Now, I've not got the legs to be a female. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> He's been a, holding a little back there, I have to tell you, to be honest today. Listen, I have to leave it there for the moment. Tom, thanks for coming in. All I can say to you is I wish you well from my heart. I hope that you get the turn in life that you deserve at this stage. Well, everybody tells me it can't last forever. <laughs> Please God it won't. Tom Atfield. Thanks very much. Thank you. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Now open in Dundalk beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk. Love this time every month when she comes calling and she's here with us after Valentine's Day and looking a million dollars and I'm sure full of love and everything besides. It's Boot Club Friday on Late Lunch and there's only one for us. It's Margaret Madden. Margaret, good good to see you again. Oh, thanks for having me back, Jerry. Had you a nice Valentine's? I did. I got a bottle of Prosecco and uh, I was very Lovely. good. I gave Declan a glass and I had the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Sharing is caring, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased she's oh, here yes. now today. Now that really concerns me. Good job she didn't tell me that beforehand. Anyway, <laughs> very welcome. Good to see you. Now we're doing this a little different today, folks, because we're going to leave the book of the month 
till the final book. Okay, so we're going to talk about Margaret's other recommendations first and then her book of the month. And I have a beautiful gift pack, haven't I? You can attest to that, Margaret. Yeah, I'm looking at it. It's really, really good. fantastic books and we'll tell you about that in a moment as well. But let's get straight to it. First recommendation this month is a book called Home to Cavendish by Antoinette Tyrrell. Yeah, it is. It's Antoinette's debut. It came out last week and... um, um, if you know, you know how much I love Andrew O'Connor, right? Just, just uh, in case you didn't know, <laughs> I think the whole world knows. I know. It really reminded me of Andrew. You know, it's a, it's a big house story again. It's um, split between two thousand and two and nineteen twenty three. So it opens up um, with um, nineteen twenty three, and it's back in the Civil War. And there's a girl called Edith who's living in Cavendish. She's 16 years old and she's madly in love with a stable boy, Tig. And, um, you know, unfortunately, you know at the beginning that Tig is storming the house along with um, the other IRA lads. They want to burn it down. We all remember the stories of burning down the big, beautiful houses. Absolutely. And, you know, it's a real contrast. She's from the Anglo-Irish, let's say, side and they are on the rebel side. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, you know, she just loves him. She just wants to be with him. But something has gone wrong and he's standing there. He's just about to run into the house and torch it with his mates and spots Edith there. And he's like, oh, she's not meant to be here. Um, So that's how it opens. Then you're straight away flick into 2002 where you have Eleanor who now lives in the house and is renovating it um, with her partner Dunica. Now Dunica is some man for one man I'll tell you he is a spendy showy off guy with his portion is you know he wants to turn it into this kind of big hotel she just wants to run it like a B&B um, and, and it, during the renovations they find a diary and it is Edith's diary so you get then her diary entries interspersed with Eleanor's story. So there's 80 years between these two women mm-hmm. who are related and she's just... No, not, no, related. not related. No, it's she, um, Eleanor has come into the house. It was sold... Oh, I see. Yeah. So she's outside the yeah. family. And nobody knows nothing about Eleanor. Mm. There was never any mention of the previous owners having a daughter. So it's all very oh mysterious. Oh, my God. And, you know, it's strife on both uh, sides of the... Uh, 80-year divide because, mm-hmm. as you say, we're being told about it even around now about the War of Independence and all went yeah. on around that and brother against brother as well and what went on. And on the other side, in the 2002, you have this property developer and the crash and the tiger and all this. Yeah, and the greed, you yes. know. Um, uh, but Eleanor is wonderful because she's not about the greed. She's about the house. It's a bit like me when I, I bought my house. Now, don't get me wrong, it's not mm. a big stately home, but it's really, really old and has a huge amount of history. And these houses have history in their walls. You can actually, it's palpable, you know. And um, so I felt very much on Eleanor's side mm. trying to hang on to the house and the memories. Works well the 80 year gap and the, the yeah, linkages. Yes. It does, yeah. Um, I'm not going to do any spoilers, you know <laughs> me. But um, it's well worth sticking uh, right through it. It's it's beautifully written, really gentle and, and fluid. Um, the diary entries add a lovely dimension to it. Um, the author did study history, um, like Andrew did. So I, I, that's where I, I can see, you can see where they're interested in history, especially Irish history and mm. the the big house. Yeah, it's great. So if you love Andrew O'Connor and there's 
thousands upon thousands <laughs> and hundreds of thousands do. You will love this book you're saying. Yeah. And also, you did say about this girl, this is her debut. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, I just see, she signed up for a three book deal with them. Ooh. So, you know. So there's more. There's more. And yeah. she's, she is, she is a manuscript, I believe, on the way again this year for the second one. So obviously, you know, in this one, you love it. Lots mm-hmm. of people do. They see real potential in this girl. It, yeah, I think so. Um, it's a home to Cavendish. It's just a big house drama that is perfect for snuggling up in the evenings with. I love the cover. Yeah, it's I nice, I think isn't the it? cover just shouts out springtime as well. It's it real colourful, isn't it? A beautiful house on the front and then the gorgeous yeah. flowers on the driveway. You can't up, miss yeah. it on the bookshelves. Highly recommended by Margaret Madden. Home to Cavendish by mm-hmm. Antoinette Terrell. And we congratulate her on her first book, uh, and it's doing so well across the board. Now let's move on to your second re- recommendation. And if you watch Derry Girls and you love it and it's coming back for a new series as you will probably have seen on TV, I take it you might have a bit of an affinity for this one. Yeah, now it, I mean it's not as comedic as Derry Girls yeah. but it is set um, in, in 80s Derry. Um, 1981 is really where most of it is set and it's a group of friends um, kind of hanging out in the midst of the troubles in a, in a, in a basement bar called the cave, um, hidden away from reality, what's going on up above them. And they're just basically there for the crack. They have their weed, they have their beer, their, their vodka, they're watching uh, live gigs. Um, but I mean, the troubles are going on above their heads and, and that is laced all the way through the story. It's, it's, I really found it not only um, fascinating, but slightly humorous. Mm. Um, you get echoes of of things that could happen again and you're like yes. oh yeah and the book just to tell you the title of it it's music love drugs war by Geraldine Quigley and she knows about Derry because she is a Derry girl mm-hmm. herself mm-hmm. so she's a lot of familiarity with it really what you say there isn't this what this book is subtly about it's the contrast between young people trying to enjoy themselves finding their way in the world and on the other hand What's going on just outside that, a reality for them, yeah. the mayhem. I mean, this gang of friends are, you know, they've just finished school. They're like, what the hell am I going to be when I grow up kind of thing. And, uh, you know, they're just learning how to be adults. And unfortunately, they lose one of their friends um, after a riot following the death of Bobby Sands. And it, it kind of affects them in a way that they didn't think it would. And suddenly two of the lads decide that they are going to join the IRA in in kind of in solidarity for the friend that they've lost. But they're not at all prepared for it. They don't really know what they're letting themselves into. And they really don't know how to get themselves out of it when things go wrong. Um, but I don't want to make it sound all depressing. Um, it's not at all. There's It's very astute. It's there are, as I said, great moments of humour in it too. It's uh, I think astute is probably the best word for it. I really enjoyed it. Now, there's a, an awful lot of characters in it. It does take a couple of chapters to get into the swing of who is who and what their connection is. But once you get into it then, you really do. You feel dairy. I was going to say that to you. If it's one criticism of the book I would have, it's the number of narrators which yeah. you're talking about yeah. there that in the book. So in a way, Ma- Margaret, you have to probably give it more attention than I did. Yeah, I, I you know me, if if I start something, I'll have to finish it. Also, if I'm reviewing for a publication, I, yes. you know, I can't just skip over no, bits. No. So I, I did find the first couple of chapters a little bit difficult to get into. But then I really just was right back in 1981. I, I mean, I was quite young then. But <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I can still remember those newsreels and, yes. and it was like living in a newsreel. Really yeah, nice. and, and I remember yeah. it well. I remember the protests here. I was sort of starting out my working life at that stage and uh, I remember the hunger strikes and yeah. when Bobby Sands died yeah. and what that then subsequently kicked off. I want to read a little quote from the book because I think it's brilliant because it brought me back, actually, in a way, to my own home. It's a, This is reading directly from this uh, brilliant book. The air hung with the scent of the hot iron on cotton, the almost indistinct scent that was as much as a sensation, as much a sensation, hot metal, the slightly scorched cover of the ironing board, the lingering essence of washing powder enhanced by steam dampening the fabric. I think a lot of people would remember that, your yeah. mother ironing in the kitchen. Yeah, and these are working class families. Yes. And, and, you know, the, the kids are coming in and out all the time, trying to hide the fact that they're high or <laughs> drunk a lot of the time. And the mommy is feeding them up with the fry to keep them going for the day. So, yeah, it's, it's very atmospheric. So you really like this? I did, yeah. And, yeah. and, and you know, I t- we talk about 81 and I'm familiar with it. You were quite young at the time. Would this book appeal to people, you know, of today and maybe earlier generations who didn't live through those times? I think it would, especially now. We're coming up to the centenary of the Civil War and mm. um, you have an awful lot of children, uh, kind of young adults who are unaware really of what the atmosphere was like. So I think the likes of Dairy Girls has really helped bring that back up yeah. you know and as you said a moment ago that's comedic really the Derry Girls is very funny on that yeah. as well yeah. but there is this gave you you know it gave you a laugh as well as a cry as it well did. as you know they're teenagers and, and they're, mm. the girls are in the loo and, and the club and they're swapping lipsticks and two of them going into the cubicle together because there's not enough time for everybody to pee and get back out to hear the next band you know <laughs> it, it's, it's just teenage life <laughs> but teenage life with bombs all around you there you are, another one for your reading list for the coming month and beyond. Bad, uh, sorry, I beg your pardon, let me get the title, that's our next one. Music, Love, Drugs, War by Geraldine Quigley. Heading to a short break on Late Lunch, we have our gift pack to give away. Let me tell you what's in it this month. The Burnout Solution by Siobhan Murray. The Packed Carol Coffee. The Accidental Spy by Sean O'Driscoll. Patricia Scanlon. The Doyen with Orange Blossom Days. And a book that Margaret reviewed here and loved. And we met the author as well on Late Lunch. Claire Allen. Apple of my eye. It's absolutely brilliant. Would you like those books? Well, one of you can have them this afternoon. Here's the number. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp us. It's free. Or you can text us as well. 086-1800-658 which are answered to this question and your name and details. Here's the question. One of the books, Apple of My Eye. Is the Granny Smith a cooking or dessert variety of apple? Is the Granny Smith a cooker or an eater? A cooker or an eater? Simple as that. <laughs> 086 658 Takes a lot of thought, you know. Don't be laughing to come up with those questions. I don't know. Thank God for Google. <laughs> <laughs> Book Club on Late Lunch. Margaret Madden's with us on the show. And in case you're wondering, we haven't mentioned or she hasn't picked her Book of the Month yet. It's coming up in a couple of moments, so stay with us. You always come with a classic to us on the show. And today's classic from Margaret is Bad Day in Black Rock by Kevin Power. Back to 2008 you're going with this one. Yeah, it is. Um, I've had this for such a long time and I do remember reading it years ago, but I've taken it back out again as part of my research into toxic masculinity. And um, Bad Day in Black Rock was written, you know, it's, it's based on the story the Annabelle murder case here in Ireland. Yes, I'll actually tell them Brian Murphy, people would probably recall the name, Brian Murphy's tragic death outside the Annabelle nightclub in Dublin back in 2000. You'd have to say that this novel, and it is a novel, is 
loosely based around it? Or I'd what? say it's very tightly done, to okay. be fair. Um, but just in, in, in researching, it's, it's you know, obviously names have been changed, place mm. names. Um, some of the, but things like the injuries inflicted on him, um, the whole situation of how long it took for his body to be found, how long, you know, uh, there's a lot of similarities. It's very close as far mm. as I could see. And and it was a, a fallout between two pals, and I think it was a woman involved or something yeah. as well. And it just got out of hand, and a tragedy unfolded. Can I say to you though, it's. <laughs> Would, would something this up say that when, when you get into the meat of this novel and you start to read it as well, it's a question of people of a certain class in the country saying, we'll get it sorted out because really this shouldn't happen to people like us or our boys. Well, yeah. Does that not uh, ring a few bells with a, a recent trial up mm. in Belfast and some rugby lads? You know, yes. basically it's the same story. It's not obviously a, a girl involved. Um, it's not a rape case. This no. is an actual murder case. Mm. So this is um, an unnamed character uh, reveals the story from the beginning. You don't know who it is, but he's basically snapshots of, of what has happened. A young man called Connor um, is killed. He's beaten to death, kicked to death out Outside a nightclub, um, and it was like a, it was like one o'clock in the morning or something. But his body wasn't actually found until six. Um, everybody just walked off and left him. Um, nobody would say who it was, um, even though it was very obvious that yeah. there was a gang of them. Um, it was all hush hush. These were wealthy boys from a rugby school on the south side of Dublin, yeah. and um, who had probably never been in contact with the police in their lives. Um, and and they weren't forward about coming forward and it was only afterwards that three were taken to court and in in this case you see the similarities are so real I'm I'm struggling with the names between real life and the book but in the book um, there's the other two boys there were Barry Fox and Stephen O'Brien and then there was a ringleader called Richard and it's um, basically you get snippets of what happened during the night um, there's a, you're right there was a girl involved in this too Um Laura, who was Richard's girlfriend on the night, but used to date Connor, who is now dead. Mm. So it, it, it's it's just a, a very disturbing read, but it does, as you say, make you wonder about the difference in class. Recommended yeah. to go back to it and have a yeah. look at it. If you haven't read this book. Yeah, very good. Bad Day in Black Rock. Bad Day in Black Rock by Kevin Power is the name of the book. And as you read it, it will jog your memory and you'll, you will be feeling, yeah. oh God, I remember news reports or stories about this if you were around at the time. That's Margaret's classic on late lunch book club for the month of February. It is time for book of the month. If you've been waiting with bated <laughs> breath, I'll tell you this. She never disappoints. And Margaret Madden will not disappoint you today because I have to say when she gave me this title and I did my bit of work on it, wow is all I can say. The book is called The Language of Kindness, A Nurse's Story. Now, the thing I have to ask you is this book is out since May of last year. Hmm. I know, right? I have it since, um, you know, I <laughs> I have it a long time before yeah. that. But I just, I don't know, I wasn't, I was in and out of hospital myself. I okay. suppose the last thing I wanted to pick up was something about hospitals. I put it, I put we it away. We understand. But you know what? It's like a good wine. It's just been maturing Extreme. now and we're going to unleash yeah. it on you today on Late Lunch. 
Go on, tell them what the premise of this book is about. Okay, well, Christy um, was 20 years nursing, so this is a memoir. Um, but it's kind of a memoir with a, a difference because she brings in parts of the history of nursing, um, how it came about. Um, it talks about statistics between males and female nurses, um, about midwifery, basically all aspects. Psychiatric nursing, which is where she did her, her very first day. She was only 17 years of age. Um then training in the labour ward, how amazed she was at, at watching the first baby being born, how horrified she was with the sad parts of the job. It's just uh, a big book full of feeling, huge feelings all the way through. Did you pick this up at this time? Was there anything to do with the nurses' dispute? Was there well, you know, I was in with you recently and I didn't get to hear... Um, I, I do playback, you know, I listen back to the podcast and I heard you had been talking about while I was outside about the nurses strike here in Ireland and um, how upsetting it was and you were talking about how these women and men have one of the hardest jobs in the world and so underrated and that's when I kind of pulled this one out. So... It kind of thanks to you, Jerry. Thanks a million. God, I never. <laughs> it was a wonderful speech. You were dead right in everything you said. And we want to say well done to them. They've they've made the the uh, monolith that is the government move. And um, mm-hmm. anyway, that's for another time. Back to this book. Um, doctors have the advantage that the sun lights their successes and the earth covers their failures. There's a difference in the way nurses are treated following a mistake, differently from their medical counterparts. We don't stick up for each other in the way doctors do. They don't cover for each other the way doctors do, I think, as well. You know, I think it's a bit of an old boys club there um, with consultants, too. And I think nurses do everything to support each other. Um, and if something goes wrong, they put their hands up and say, mm. I did this. But they certainly get very different treatment. Mm. That's just a quote I read yeah, there from yeah. it uh, as well. Have you you wanted to, to take a little excerpt from the well, book? Yeah, it's just so good. You know, look at me. I've got stickies coming out of <laughs> yeah, everywhere. All over this book. Yeah. Um, uh, let me have a look here. I will just go bang in the middle. Um, so this is an example. And, and I was in a room with a woman who was a little bit like Gladys. Gladys is in a bed on the medical ward and shouts every few minutes. She refused the commode earlier and now she screams, I've shit, I've shit to the healthcare assistants who rush over rolling up their sleeves. Any chance you could give us a hand? Fatima asks me, pulling the curtain round. Changing a bed. What a thing to do for someone. The smell makes my eyes water. You get used to all sorts of smells as a nurse. But having spent most of my time as a children's nurse, I've never got used to the violence which adults vomit and shit and bleed. I have to leave the room on one occasion and feel terrible about it forevermore when due to an abdominal blockage, a man vomits his own feces. Incredible. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And graphic and, and yeah. it's as it is. It's yeah. what happens every day. I picked a gross one for you, didn't I? Yeah, you did, you did. Oh no, but look, it, it, it is. It's and reality. This book is a serious shock to the system. Mm-hmm. I will tell you that as well. But it's an eye-opener and it's one, it's intriguing. You'll cry, you'll, you know, you'll smile. There are very funny th- oh, parts were, of it yeah. as well. There really are. Mm. Uh, but... It's a terrific write, isn't it? Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, you know, as even the historical parts that you, you find, you're going, do I really have to read about the history of medicine? You know what? It actually, it makes sense. She's put in bits that make sense. Like we, we Florence Nightingale has brought up so many times because she did revolutionise nursing and mm. patient care and even something as simple as having them near a window so that they'll yeah. feel a bit better. And, and it sort of starts with an emergency and then she flips into her career of mm-hmm. 20 years and back to that again. And I, I'd say at times you'd actually feel you're there, like what you even read there, yeah. you're right there oh, yeah. in the heart of the hospital. Absolutely. And there was, there's a, a part in it where um, a girl has been burnt in a fire. Now, she mentions that it's a high-rise building in London, um, so it's possibly the Grenville Towers. And it's a little child and she, she's dead, but her mum wants to come and see her or her aunt the only there was no survivors and the smell of burning is so bad that the nurses have to wash her hair first before they would bring the lady in you know and they're Mm. washing her and they're heartbroken the Mm. little girl is burnt to pieces you know this is a cracking book and it is Margaret Madden's book of the month on amazing Late Lunch read. Book Club. Yes, yeah. amazing. Do you hear what she's saying about amazing? The well, language. I mean, she's a talented writer anyway. Yeah. She's a Costa award-winning yes, writer absolutely. anyway. But this is just so true to life. The Language of Kindness and Nurse's Story is book of the month. Now, I did ask you a question for the gift pack before Margaret goes and we have fantastic books for you. And the question was about an apple. What variety of an apple is a Granny Smith? Is it a cooker or an eater? That's the question. If you want to win the book pack, get cracking now. WhatsApp or text 086-1800-658. Now, there's a bit of a dilemma here because... (laughs) And Margaret wants to solve this just well, before she leaves. You know what? me, I just don't like to let little things... So if you were to answer that question, what would you say a Granny Smith is? I would have said an eater because I eat them. Would you? Yeah. Well, let me read this definition. Oh, here now. Granny Smith, <laughs> one of the most popular tart apples. Granny Smiths are crisp and quite sour. They're a good old porpoise cooking apple. Uh-huh. But I'm crisp and sour and I like them, so... <laughs> no, seriously, you buy them up in Aldi or wherever. Okay, well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. I know what we should Whether, do. Go on, tell them. What were we going to do today? I think there is no right answer here, you know. Okay. Uh, so everybody who who sent in a message should go in the draw. All right, I agree. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm diplomatic. I see what you're saying. To avoid any controversy, Margaret has weaved her wand. It's going to be <laughs> everyone who texts in today, either or cooker, you're in the draw for the food pack. <laughs> So we're being 
And look, you can say all coming in again. Just keep texting and WhatsApp and it's 086 658 and we'll spin the drum and we'll pick somebody for the lovely books. Only condition, you have to collect them because a lot of books in the pile here today. We're only into the second month. You said last month you probably had your book of the month. You got a cracker again this month. It's mm-hmm. shaping up nicely, isn't it, it is. for the year ahead? Yeah, I know. Um, it's, I, I'm kind of getting worried now. Uh, you know, they've been so good. What's going to happen? Ah, they but always... listen, books come through my door every day and I just never know. Mm. And, you know, I mightn't even be going with a new one. I don't know. I'll yeah, see what I Absolutely. Yeah. That's what we love about it. She'll be back in March. I guarantee you that. Thanks so much. And again, reminding everybody, Book of the Month, The Language of Kindness, A Nurse's Story. And we'll tell you who's won the book pack before the end of the show. For the month of February, Margaret, thanks a million. Thanks, Lon. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Now open in Dundalk beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk. That Apple controversy ain't going away, is it, Louise? What do you say, Louise Walsh? Is it a cooker or an eater? Tell me, please. I would have said eater. I sold them for 20 pence and everybody bought them just to eat. <laughs> Did you? I would have never put them in stew, like stewed apples. And remember, you're listening to the woman from Walsh and Keeley's who, uh, who sold apples yeah. and more <laughs> besides in Navin for more years than they care to remember. But and apples not like out of shape and funny looking? Not necessarily. Oh, no. Anyway, the Wikipedia definition says that that apple is a cooking apple at Granny Smith. Yeah, well, someone should change that. So it needs to be changed on Wikipedia, does it? Okay, well, let's move on on late lunch today because I have somebody else for you to meet on the show this afternoon. She's just dropped in to have a chat with us. She's from Rathoth in County Meath and she's had a varied career. But today, do you know that beautiful distillery in the heart of Dublin, in the Liberties, Pierce Lyon set it up with his wife Deirdre. Well, this girl is the manager there and running the place. Tracy Flinter, you're very welcome to Late Lunch. Thanks for having me, Jerry. I'm delighted to be here. Thanks for coming in to us. I have to tell you, I met your former boss uh, one time over in Altec. Yes. And I had the most memorable morning with him. Very early in the morning, he rolled in and he was over here at the time. And what a lovely interview. I, I'll always remember him. He was a fantastic guy, wasn't he, Pierce? Fantastic guy, a true visionary um, in the field, not only in whiskey, but also in animal, animal nutrition. Mm. And um, he great character. He was um, always telling jokes and loved singing. And he was a firm believer in Ireland and what Ireland had to offer as a, as a product and all its people as well. Now you have a lovely job. I do have a fantastic Don't job, you? yes. Um, I get to work in the tourism industry, but I get to welcome tourists every day to our beautiful distillery in Dublin. And I also get to work with our distillers who make whiskey. So it's best of both worlds, really. You can't beat that. You really can't. How come you have this job? Have you worked long for the Lyons family? I've worked for the Lions family for about five years now, just over five years. Um, I joined them in Alltech back in 2014 and um, that was mainly to do with their animal nutrition business. And a lot of people will always ask, what's the connection between animal nutrition and whiskey? So um, it's actually the yeast. The yeast is used in animal nutrition and we also used yeast in brewing and distilling. So that's the connection behind there. And it's Dr. Lyons who actually brings that connection together. Um, I took over the job in the distillery in about two years now and before we actually opened to the public. So I would have been working on lots of different things, lots of different areas. I previously was the European Communications Manager in Dunboyne and then I went on to, I suppose, 
start up this project. It is a startup company and I did a little bit of everything. So jack of all trades, master of none is what I like to pride myself on. Um, I suppose anything from working with the builders and the construction team to actually hiring a team to open the distillery, get it up and running, um, to do retail, sales, marketing, you name it, operations. I was kind of overseeing a little bit of everything and I had great help as well. Do you know when Pierce came to you and said, listen, will you become the woman I want to get in there, get this place going, start it up, develop it, nurture it. Did you have to think long about it? I sub- I definitely had to think about it. I was completely shocked, if I'm being honest with you. I was shocked, but at the same time, completely honoured that he and Deirdre had the belief in me that I could do it. And the more he spoke to me about it, I said, listen, give me a couple of days. Let me think about it. It is a big move. I was working in the field of communications then to suddenly jump into a new startup company, hire a team and take over running a distillery of 14 staff. Um, it's obviously a lot to, lot to think about. And... Um, the more I thought about it, the more interested I was. And Pierce is always very persuasive, as you can imagine, or as you know. And um, he spoke to me over a number of days about it. And I think it was day four. He had said to me, well, have you made a decision yet? What are you going to do? Come on, don't give me bad news. And I said, OK, Pierce, I'll give it a go. I'll give my best shot. Sure, what have I got to lose? And here I am two, two years later. That's right. Now, tell us a bit about this whole venture. Did they acquire, was was it acquired 11 or 13, 2011, 2013, those years, was it? We purchased, the Lyons family purchased the church in 2013. Okay. And um, in 2014, it then became a national monument. So a lot of people would know the church. It's just on James's Street and it used to be the old lighting world. So anyone that was familiar traveling into Dublin that way would know, know that church. It's the former St. James Church. Um, in 2014, the church, it was in a, a bad state of disrepair. In, it became a national monument in 2014 and then the Lyons family set about renovating and rejuvenating the church. We thought that we would have it open as a distillery in about a year, year and a half. It actually took us roughly about four and a half years to complete. So yeah, you name it, um, we had people working on sites. We had thousands of people working on the site. We had archaeologists, we had historians, we had construction workers, we had very, very skilled labourers with regards to, say, stonework and masonry Um there was, obviously we're on a site of a graveyard, so there was a number of skeletons and remains that were found there. Mm. Again, everything that was taken out of the ground was dated, recorded, and then reinterred inside the church in a number of crypts that are there. So um, it was very, very well preserved from a state perspective. And now we have lots of, lots of records. So um, I suppose no stone was left unturned. We did absolutely everything that we could to preserve the history of the site. The stained glass is special. Yes. The uh, spire of the of the church as well. Landmark, isn't it really? Absolute landmark, especially for the liberties. I think Deirdre was the, I suppose, the brainchild behind that. She was always been involved in the design elements and she's always has great ideas. And she wanted to come up with an idea of, I suppose, bringing light back into the Liberties. It was an area that I suppose after the brewing and distilling had depleted in the area, um, I suppose it, it became run down. There wasn't a lot of industry there. The idea with um, putting the distillery back in there was to re-engage and renovate that area of the Liberties and brewing and distilling, but then also shine a light on what was possible and what what had come before. So we have this beautiful glass structure that sits on top of the church and we get to light it up at night time and it shows everyone that the Liberties is a beacon of industry again. It's beautiful, I have to say, and well yeah. done to Deirdre. What a job she's made of the place. And, and you, you said something that's very important to say. The Liberties traditionally, way back, synonymous with brewing and distilling. 
That's right, yeah. So a lot of people don't know that it would have been the hub of the whiskey industry, which went all across Irish whiskey, which went all across the world. Um, it's also known as the Golden Triangle. So we've had three distillers there um, back in the 18th, 19th century. And we also had Arthur Guinness, who opened the Guinness Brewery there. So, um, you know, that whiskey was drank and exported all over the world. And unfortunately, um, whiskey sales did decline and we saw a closure of a number of breweries and distilleries in the area. But what a renaissance is happening now and it's good to see it. Who are Mighty Molly and Little Lizzie? Oh, there are pot stills. Our, um, our very unique pot stills. They're um, unique to the, the distillery that we have. You won't find them anywhere else in Ireland. They've come all the way from Louisville in Kentucky. And it's tradition in most distilleries to name pot stills after certain ladies in the family. And Pierce had um, two great aunties who said they were a force to be reckoned with. So we decided that when we were going through the family history and heritage that there was a Molly in the family and we'd name one of the pot stills Mighty Molly the reason we called her Mighty Molly, not because her, his great aunt was a force to be reckoned with, but also we couldn't actually get the still into the church. It's a protected site. The doors are quite narrow. We actually had to lift this still in with a crane through the roof and place it directly on the altar where it's now will stay for the rest of its life. Um, and the small little still, the pot still is called Little Lizzie. And she sits just to the right hand side. And um, again, Pierce had a great auntie called Liz and that was the idea. We we name her after that. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. It really is a great story. And you, you actually distill whiskey there. We distill whiskey there, yeah. The tour is roughly, a sen- I like to say 50% history, 50% whiskey. And it's a sensory experience. So right from start to finish, you get to smell, touch and taste absolutely everything. You get to chat to the distiller who's on site, who's working away in front of you. And um, once you finish the tour, you get get a taste for amazing whiskies. And you also pair food we do. with whiskies. Now this That's intrigues right. me because it's something I'd never think of. Maybe a, a snack at a bar or something like that. But what would you pair whiskey with typically? You can pair it with lots of different foods. For example, on our tour, regular tour, and we have our distiller's choice, which is our red whiskey. We would pair that actually with Maltesers. It goes really, really well with chocolate. And a lot of people are amazed to find out that whiskey and chocolate go really well together. Well, Stone the crows is what I'll say this <laughs> afternoon. Never would I, and I love Maltesers. Oh, there you go. God, I love them. So Maltesers and whiskey. Maltesers and whiskey. What yeah. a new vista we've opened up today on late lunch. Incredible. What else? We can also pair it with meats. Um, some of the older whiskies that we have are 12-year-old single malt that will go quite well with red meat. We also have um, a sherry cask whiskey, whiskey that will go quite well with white fish. So, you know, cheese as well, hard cheddar cheese. Um, whiskey goes really well with that. It brings out the flavours of the cheese. The cheese complements the whiskey also. So there's, it's an endless world of possibilities, if you like, food and whiskey. So when you're here today, I have one question on my mind as well. And here <laughs> it comes. And I'm okay. sure you were expecting it. Neat, water, Coke, red lemonade, <laughs> ice, what? I suppose there's, I like to say there's a whiskey out there for everybody. And as long as you're enjoying it, that's the main thing. Um, a lot of people would say that you should always taste your whiskey neat, straight straight up, just to taste it and see what you like. Um, it depends on the flavour profiles. If you add a drop of water, believe it or not, it will actually allow the molecules in the whiskey to uh, release. So it releases a little bit more flavour in the whiskey. Um, if you add ice, on the other hand, it can actually um, cause the whiskey to cool really quickly and the molecules kind of contract and then it actually stops the whiskey. You won't taste as much flavours from the whiskey. So forget about ice and whiskey. 
it's personal choice, but yeah, if you're there for if it's there for the flavour, I would say stick with one or two drops of water. So my dad and his mates many moons ago at the bar when they had the bottle you mentioned them mm-hmm. of Arthur Guinness, and beside it was the wee whiskey and a little glass of water sitting beside it. They had it spot on. Had they, they knew exactly what they were doing. That's it. Yeah. So there you are. It's not a <laughs> it's not a fad of yesteryear or something that's gone. That's the way to drink it and really taste the full flavour of it. Tracy Flinters with me. If you've been, I'm sure you know all about it. If you haven't, put it on your bucket list to do this year. Yes, St James's Church. The the Lions Distillery in the Liberties in the heart of Dublin. Hey, you must be very happy. Look at the numbers that have been through that place since you opened. I know, we can't believe it. We're open roughly about 17 months now and we've had over 30,000 visitors through the doors. Um, it's just outstanding. And all credit to our team at the end of the day who are able to um, ensure the customers are enjoying their experiences. The feedback's extremely positive and I suppose we're also lucky that we're housed nicely between Guinness Storehouse and Kilmainham Jail. So yes. we're, on, we're on the perfect perfect street there. You are, but you are a great addition to the tourism experience in That's Dublin. It. You know what yeah. I mean? You're different as well which is fantastic and I'm sure the Americans love to hear, you know Pierce's history in the States and his links with here. They must be delighted when they come calling. Do you get that feedback from them? Absolutely. Um, we get a lot of people the graveyard actually this is St James's graveyard surrounds our site and um, we have a number of historians on our team that actually trace back family members there so we get a lot of people through the doors that are interested in finding more about their families or relatives who were buried there we tell a lot of stories so our tour guides are actually called storytellers and the whole idea is to tell the story of Ireland um, and Dublin's liberties the people who've come before us uh, about all the characters from that area and also tell the Pierce Lyons story because it's very unique and a lot of the Americans love hearing the story and the connection between Kentucky and Ireland You have five whiskies, I see. Original Distiller's Choice, which is the Maltesers one, just in case you forget. It's (laughs) Distiller's Choice and Maltesers. Founder's Choice, Cooper Select and the five-year-old single malt. Is that last one I mentioned there, is that your premium whisky? Our five-year-old five-year-old single malt is a premium whisky and I'll tell you why. So, that is the first five-year-old to be released in Ireland in over 25 years. And that was made on our exact stills that sit on the altar. So um, it's a fabulous whiskey. It's nice and crisp. Um, it's quite mellow. And you will also get some citrus notes from it as well. So if you're into whiskey, it's a great five-year-old whiskey. Again, will you reaffirm this? Because we know Slane has opened here beside us as well. And there are many more around the country. And it's it's a long-term process this year. We, we know that. But in a world context, it is true to say that the demand and the opportunity for Irish whiskies is there. That's it, yeah. The Irish whiskey market at the moment is... Con- booming all over the world lots of people interested in it and I think it's because we can offer a quality product we are very lucky in the skills and expertise that we have in the country but also um, at the moment there's lots of innovation going on with different barrels being used so whether it's sherry barrels Oloroso barrels you name it there's different innovations happening and that allows us to stay unique and modern and it allows us to compete compete against the scotch and bourbons now, you are a retold woman, and while, while I'm on the subject of retold, there's big, big red letters on my notes here from my producer, Louise Walsh, that says, Do not forget to give a shout out to Mary Flinter, Tracy's granny. She's in retold. She's a big fan of yours. Late lunch and LMFM radio and listens in every day. 
Mary, I love you. I know it's the day after St. Valentine's, but I really do send you out a kiss this afternoon over the airways. And I'll tell you one thing, you have one fine granddaughter. I do say that. But Mary, thanks for listening to us and uh, we're delighted to say hello to you on the show today. Now Thank I've, you, Jerry. And I'm delighted. I'm thrilled to do that. I really am. Tell us a bit about you, because you grew up in County Meath, but you have uh, an experienced CV before coming to Altec and the distillery, haven't you? That's right. I've, um, like I said, jack of all trades, master of none. No, <laughs> so I've much experience. Much experience, a little bit of experience everywhere. Yes. So uh, before I joined Altec, I actually worked in Leinster House um, as a, a political advisor um, for two senators. I also worked for James Carroll, who was a loud man, and also uh, Thomas Byrne, who's a current TD. So um, again, just helping them out. I It was almost like a baptism of fire, really. I did my master's in public affairs and political communication 2010, 2011, and I interned. So I was interning. Um, the general election was called and I was knocking on doors for James Carroll in particular and um, as many people know he would have worked for the Fianna Fáil party so a lot of people didn't want to see me coming up, coming up the, coming through the oh gates. Oh my word! Uh, knocking on doors, uh, canvassing, canvassing the, for James. You got the short, sharp shift, did you? I have lots of stories to tell you about that. It was um, not, yeah. A lot of people were angry and completely understandable. Mm. Um, but I suppose it was my job to make sure they understood what James was standing for, what he believed in, and he was a young politician that believed, um, you know, a voice for younger people. Um, I worked. After the general election, I worked for two senators then in Leinster House. I was working in the areas of finance, health and also foreign affairs and trade. So lots of um, broad experience again. And I was in there for about two and a half years. And at that stage, it was very full on, very intense. And I decided that I wanted to get some private experience. So I, I had the great understanding of how Leinster House worked, how government, local government worked, national government worked and it was time for me to jump jump ship and I suppose get some private experience and Altec came, came calling so The rest is history The rest is history stage. and now I'm running a distillery Yes <laughs> Isn't it amazing but the political game is a tough old game you know you're yeah. here today gone tomorrow this crowd in now are starting to feel the heat for sure and exactly. they could be on doorstep soon and receiving the same reception that you did as well just on James Carroll as an aside where is he now? James is currently in Australia so um, after that election he was going to travel over for roughly about a year I think and um, that's the conversation that we had he'd go and try it and um, he's doing very very well over there He's uh, he's been there ever since and um, I don't believe he has any plans to come home, which is a pity because mm. he was such a such a nice gentleman. Yeah, because he and was building up, wasn't yeah, he? And he was yeah. like he was within touching distance of perhaps taking a seat as well. But there you go, like yourself, <laughs> one door closes, another, <laughs> another opens, opens, and that's, it. that's life. It, it it is full of opportunities. Uh, just just back for a moment to the whiskey. Uh, what distinguishes the, the lines, the Pierce lines uh, whiskies from others? Does is it to do with the distilling? There's a bit of a difference. Yes, so we have a specific strain of yeast that Pierce has founded, and we use that yeast in all our um, in all our all our whiskies. So again, um, a lot of other whiskies or other distilleries out there, they would purchase yeast where we actually have our very own yeast that we use. So ours is completely unique; you won't get it anywhere else, and that allows us to stand alone for our whiskies. Maybe this is a stupid question, but I'll ask you anyway. You, you've tasted it yourself, have you? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> 
Especially the chocolates, the Maltesers <laughs> and the Distillers Choice. That's one of my favourites. Well, I'm always very careful about asking that because some people are teetotalers and maybe whiskey isn't, but you have, of course you have. Yes. So you have to walk the walk when you talk the, the talk, don't That's you? It. Um a great place to work and lovely job obviously I see you're absolutely passionate about it if people want to go along what's the best thing you need to book this tour don't you to go and see it yes you can book it so we have a website piercelinesdistillery.com and if you go on there you'll be giving a short introduction video and you can find out exactly about what the tour is what it entails and our first tour starts roughly about 10 o'clock every morning we're open 7 days a week and again you can book tickets online you can follow us on Facebook Twitter and Instagram and if you have any questions um, info at Pierce Distillery is always there to answer your questions it's been great. Thank you for dropping Thank you, Jerry. in. I'll be up to see you, I promise. Fantastic. Tracy Flinter. Thanks a million. Thank you. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Now open in Dundalk beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk. Our book club book bundle today goes to Martina Mooney from Begrath in County Louth. Well done to you, Martina. We'll be in touch after the show. You win the books and thanks to everybody who got in touch with us and gave us the right answer. Eater or cooker. <laughs> it was a dual answer, correct. Everybody was in the hat today, let me tell you. Would you like to go along and see Brian Kennedy? He's at the Crescent Concert Hall in Drogheda tomorrow evening. You have to be able to go along tomorrow evening to see Brian Kennedy. Check out the crescentconcerthall.ie or you can get tickets at the Trinity Quarter before the gig tomorrow night or from Ariosa Coffee Shop in Drogheda. Have a pair of tickets to Brian Kennedy tomorrow night at the Crescent. Do you want to go? Text BK now to oh. 086-1800-658 or you can WhatsApp it as well. 086-1800-658-BK. Pair of tickets to Brian Kennedy tomorrow evening to give away. Well, he's still dancing and he will be dancing and hopefully be dancing for many more weeks. He's back with us on the line as is his want every Friday. I say good afternoon to Fred Cook. Hello, Fred. Jerry, it's my pleasure to be talking to you every Friday. I it's don't. a sign of success that I'm still in the game. <laughs> well, I tell you, I was, I was, I, I, thank you, thank you. And we're delighted to support you because you are a Kells man and you are our man in Dancing with the Stars this year. I watched you last week. When I tell you something, Fred, you missed Julia Dotta, didn't you? I did, I did. You know, you get so used to having her in your life. And uh, even if it's just on a work basis, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, but I'm back with Julia this week. And uh, it's all go. It's a quicker dance this week, and uh, it's more cracking it. What dance are you doing? I'm doing the quick step. Oh, brilliant. I think that'll suit you down to the ground. The Paso Doble, you struggled a bit with it, didn't you? I did a bit, you know what I mean? It's just, I've, there's a lot of kind of, you know, it's angles and posture and core work and all that. So, you know, I, you know, the one, the one need to be taken seriously as a matador and take that seriously, but the music didn't facilitate for that. The music yeah. was quite silly and fun. Yeah. So there was a slight clash there, you know, and as, as Julian said, he was right, it was more Benny Hill than Passe Doble <laughs> than Matador, you know? So, uh. <laughs> but look, you have another shot this week and I think that quick step will suit you fine. I'll tell you one thing, I was watching you, I know you danced with Emily Barker and you did really well, but I was watching you, you were throwing the evil eye at Julia's adopted partner. I was, Dennis Bastic, you know Yo. what I mean? Like, and, uh, he thought I hated him because it was a football <laughs> thing, but it's deeper than that. It's deeper than that. <laughs> there was no sense, I was jealous. I don't know if I said it to you last week, looking at them dance last week, you know, like, Julia and Dennis had I didn't get to do one cartwheel with Julia. No. 
was very annoyed. Ah, well, listen, there's still plenty of time. So, look, you need the support more than ever because it really is getting tight now and it's cutting down to the wire every vote, Fred. It is, yeah. This week is dance-off week. So, yeah. And I definitely don't want to be part of that. So it's the people who got the, the lowest points and least votes have to dance off against each other. They have to do their dance again to be voted out by the judges. Okay. So as long as I've the public on my side, I'm delighted. Yeah. Well, for these kind of interviews. Well, <laughs> that's what you need is more votes. And I'll remind them of the number again. You must text Fred, our man, Fred, to 53125. That's the key number on Sunday. And only when the lines open. Watch the, the dancing and then you'll be told and vote, vote vote like mad to keep this man going have you thought about this how many more weeks are in you what do you think it's at the end I could go for years (laughs) with this <laughs> and I'll, I'll always do the Irish dance with the stars. I'm not going to be like Declan Rice heading off in the English version. No way. <laughs> Fred, I love I'll you. Keep it Irish. <laughs> Don't even mention that, Flo. We'll all start to get blood pressure, to be honest. But I can see it. Fred, Took on, Fred Cook on tour in Ireland. Forget about those big Irish dance shows. Fred brings his dancing all around the country. You can go on forever, is right. Well, look at We oh, want to say again to you today we're right behind you in the Northeast. Both counties louder than Mead supporting you and I know your adopted counties as well which is Cavan and into Carrick and Shannon. Was it Carrick we were talking about one day? Carrick and Shannon, yeah. Oh, yeah Absolutely in Cavan as well. Right? Big so fan base is there. So come on, this man has it. Sunday evening, this is the number. 53125 is the text number. Fred, Fred to 53125. Let's do it for this man and get him back here to late lunch with us next Friday to talk again. I wish you well with the quick step. Jerry, thank you so much. God bless you. Good luck on Sunday, Fred. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. Fred Cook, he's a great guy. He's such a funny man. He really is. Get behind him. I vote for him every week to keep him going in there. And, you know, he's not a natural dancer. He's loads of enthusiasm and he's doing his absolute best. I'd say he'll be good in the quick step. The passer. Nah, the passer was a tough one for him. It really was. And he missed her. He missed Julia. But he's back with her this week. Stay with us on Late Lunch. Final break of the day and the week. And afterwards... Yes, it's Friday and it's our lose weight and feel great catch up with the guys in the gym in a couple of moments. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Now open in Dundalk beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk. I'm actually here ahead of them this morning. They're just emerging from their den. And I can tell you it's just 7am. Isn't this an ungodly hour of the morning to be here? And Anne Mead is wiping the sweat from her brow. Is that Fran Manish in there bellowing out the instructions? Yeah, that's our Fran. I was sure we were in the air there this morning. (laughs) Brought back a lot of memories. (laughs) She had all the old tunes. Robert Miles and the wall there. (laughs) You could hear her playing there in the background. They wouldn't let me in. I had to stand outside the door earwigging. While they're in there knocking the pounds off them. How long are you in there and what did the class entail? We're in there about 20 past. The class starts at half six and it's just express spin. So we go mad for half an hour to the music. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not over. Oh, I think it's only starting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I feel your pain this morning. I really do. Let's talk to the instructor ourselves. Well, she has sweat on our brow herself this morning because... This is an interactive lesson, I take it, Fran. Oh, yeah, great great class this morning. Really enjoyed it. I didn't really want to do it. But once you're on that bike and everything just gets going, your heart, your adrenaline, then looking at those three pretty faces there, giving it 100%. Oh, my God, they're amazing. 
They are absolutely amazing. They're here every morning that I've been here. They're giving it 100%. I tell you, I think it's one of the best LMFMs years yet. Is that right? Yeah, I have to say, there's no doubt about it. But you're up there at the top, and that motivation and that at them, at them all the time, you have to do it. It's part of the job. You have to do it, but it seems easy enough with, with these, these three. I don't know, they're just hungry, hungry for it. They want to reach that goal. I think, I think that one of them wants to win, Jerry. Just they're all winners, think, yeah. absolutely. They, yeah. they really are. When I catch a word with the other two yeah, for a moment, Alan Fredigan, well, there's a little bit of a... A patch on the front of your vest there. That suggests that you've expended more weight this morning. No, I spilled a bit of water, actually, Jerry, coming out there. So. <laughs> I'll go on. Jesus, they'll never know on the radio. Don't be saying that. Just go with the flow. Say it is, say it is. Juan, you're an honest it. man, aren't you? Oh, it's definitely sweat, Jerry, yeah. yeah definitely is. <laughs> anyway, how was the day session? Great, yeah, it was grand. It was brilliant half-hour spin. Fran's brilliant ahead, so really lost a lot of sweat there on it, so... For you, gym work and this whole programme since, be- since it began, it's new... It's new, yeah. Well, I would have touched it before a few years ago and all that, but it's new, but it's very enjoyable. What are you feeling uh, this week? You know, you've been down, 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 week on week, working away, never letting up at all. Do you ever feel like saying, I'll take a few days off? No, definitely not, no, because it's only six weeks, so we've only two weeks left, but every day is enjoyable. Like, you know, there's a bit of crack every morning and the structures are brilliant and it's just, it's just brilliant. So from here, I'm delaying you. You're going to go into a, another session here after the spin this morning. What about the rest of your day today? You have a day's work to do as well. Yeah, into work. The kids are schooling in at nine, work till nine, nine, nine to nine today. So, so it's a twelve-hour day work-wise. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's a short day. And everything that goes with it, your girls, and we all have to get stuck into family manners as well. Lisa was mentioned the other night. We know she does the cooking. She is a qualified woman to prepare meals as well. She's adjusted for you this time. Oh yes, yes, definitely. Everything. I come home with the menu and she just she says, right, Gran, you don't have to worry about anything, and she has everything ready there every day. Which is a big help, isn't it? I would only for it. Like, you know, I couldn't see myself going home and starting to prepare food. It just wouldn't happen. So that's a big bonus and a big plus for you on this campaign for six weeks. Well, it's a massive advantage as well. You know what I mean? Like she's actually cooking for Anne sometimes too. So, you know, she's, she's helping everybody. Every Monday night after the weigh in, we all go back, the three of us, me, Donald, and Anne go back, and she cooks something for us. So. Isn't that terrific? Yeah, well, it's, it's a bit of bonding too, so... And that camaraderie, a big thing as well, helping each other, egging each other on. Oh, exactly, yeah, and, and everyone, we, we do, like, you know, when we met each other first, like, well, obviously I knew Anne and Donald was a stranger and Siobhan's in Betty's town, but, no, we, Donald's become great friends of ours now, so we keep in contact during the day and everything, and so we're all together in this. All set for Carlingford? Yeah, it wouldn't be one of my favourite things, but, yeah, we'll be there anyway. It's going to be a little different, isn't it? Yeah, I hope it's not too much heights on any of that crack. <laughs> hey, listen, you've scaled some heights already, Alan. Keep her late anyway, so we'll see you uh, Sunday and looking forward to that and a bit of a crackdown in North Loud. Yeah, we'll be, so we'll see what happens anyway. Donald, Mr. Ever-present, gets up before the crack of dawn in Dundalk, drives to Drogheda into Integral Gym. Is it a chore or is it getting easier at this stage? I feel like that little Duracell bunny, you know the, the bunny that runs around or so with that, you know, hitting the drums. Listen, uh, I love getting up in the morning. Look, I've never uh, had a breakfast before until starting. I always was just uh, put the kids beforehand, uh, just rush, 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 rush. Now it's uh, I'm up at five, uh, I have a breakfast. They say it's an important meal of the day. Never had a breakfast before in all my years. So I'm probably more structured now, to, uh, you know, and organised. Uh, and I never knew how much hours there are in a day by actually getting up early, coming to Integral, going back and actually just the day flies and more energy yeah it's brilliant yeah you've lost some weight for your start off point haven't you yeah. I just look at you here this morning and we can really see it on you Donald yeah 
the the bad side of that is I think I need to buy a new wardrobe to be honest with you because none of my clothes like they're, I actually look probably worse now because my shirts look too big on me and my suits look too big so actually I probably look worse than what I used to because you know when you have weight on you kind of you, you, you wear pinstripe suits and the lines going that way and you don't wear lines uh, across you to make you look worse than what you are so yeah I probably need a new wardrobe but it's probably just keeping this weight off now it is probably something during the five days I don't think you could continue it but what I'm hoping to do is maybe do three days or so of that and just keep and sustain to answer and leave that hopefully I will be the, the 14 uh, stone in, on, on the live way in that's my goal so hopefully yeah it's, uh, I'm very proud of myself very proud of thanks to my wife and stuff like that as well for doing all the lovely dinners and stuff like that I'm off to beer I'm off to chocolate sweet things and stuff like that as well um, it's 50% diet 50% uh, workout to a certain degree if you stick to the plan as uh, Lorraine would say to a certain degree yeah you're going to do well yeah but look, that's the idea of this programme. This is the introduction and it's intense, Donald, for six weeks. But we just offer people the opportunity and yeah. Integral Fitness does as well to take it on from here. But if you see the changes there, basically that Anne and Alan, Siobhan and stuff like that as well, if you see the, the, the changes even in the way we our posture, the way we walk or so like that, and even our attitudes, uh, you can see Anne, she's more positive and we all are, are more positive and our outlook, it is life-changing to be honest with you, you know. See you the weekend. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. <laughs> Caroling for Anne, what about it? All set. Day is this different? <laughs> day out. <laughs> I always love a day to Cardiff and finish up in PJs. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing, you won't be finishing in PJs on Sunday this time round, and I think your perspective on Carlingford might change a little. Oh, no, it'll be a great day out. It'll be a great bit of crack, sure. We'll do everything we can. We'll try everything that's put in front of us. But again, the boys there just talking about the changes how fantastic this has been and I just look out the window the light will be coming up shortly and it's a real we've talked about this already the year changes and it changes you're changing and the seasons as well Ah, yeah we were saying that the other morning it was I think Donald said there are four seasons we've had since we started but it's definitely you can see the spring coming now and so we're springing in spring. <laughs> There's a spring in your step as well, Han, this morning. Yeah. Hey, Fran is standing here and giving me the eye as well. I'm delaying everybody. They want to get onto the floor here and get more hard work done. She just described there the four seasons. So what season am I? I, I think I might be summer. Uh, yeah, I think so. We'll <laughs> give you that. So we'd have to give a Portuguese woman summer all year round, wouldn't we? Yeah, that's it. Uh, no, we just want to finish off now with a bit of step or hit step another maybe half hour or so and uh, send them on their way for the day. I just look around here just in general though there's plenty of people in here and 6am it opens the yeah. doors. 6am they're all waiting outside they're revving their engines where's the staff you know this sort of crack and yeah there's the regulars come in you have a good probably 20 people coming in here in the morning at 6am yeah. And a great way to get your day up and running. Yeah it is a great way yeah I mean I, I'm not really a morning person I have to be honest but after finishing that class it's like you can take on on the world. Mm. Well, kind of. <laughs> the world in the northeast, anyway, yeah. for a start. Anyway, they're good to work with and great. giving it socks. Yeah, they're great, great bunch. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, great. Okay, so we're heading to the weekend and then it'll just be one more week. What are you going to do after this? Oh, we'd be very sad. <laughs> It's, uh, I look forward to putting all the weight back on again. You know, I know, I'm only joking, I'm only joking. They're all going to become members of Integral Fitness and Leisure. Yes, yeah, definitely am, yeah. Have to keep it up. Be a bit of a loss, won't it, when you get into this routine as well. You know, you'll just, there will be a bit of a miss. You couldn't give it up. Like, it'd be a, a bigger shock to the body, I think, to give it up than it was started. So it probably won't be as, as intense, but definitely three, four days a week you'll be keeping it up. Donald just said that a minute ago. All positive, all round. Very positive, yeah. 
Anyway, away you go. I've delayed you enough. You're sipping your water there. Thanks, everybody. Good luck to you. Hey, see you in Carlingford. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to step out of here. I'll see you. See you the weekend. Bye. 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 Yeah, big weekend ahead on Lose Weight and Feel Great. And then we're into the final furlong. Yes, uh, they're going to take on a challenge in Carlingford over the weekend. And we'll be weighing them, of course, early next week. Follow up next Friday. And then the finale is the live show from Integral. And that's Monday week, the 25th, when they'll step on the scales for the final time. They've been just knocking spots off the pounds, haven't they, Louise? They have. They've been fantastic this time, haven't they? Mm, Great crew, honestly. And they've been dedicated to it. They keep going. They never give up. They're all down. Not one of them. Down, down, down every week. They've kept it going. And so together. You're even saying the WhatsApp is just pinging. Yeah, my God. I'll tell you, they're in this messenger group or something. And honest to God, I'm in it as well, but I don't really contribute. But they're all day, every day, they're supporting each other. And that's a big, big part of it as well. All the camaraderie and the bonding between them as well. It's been terrific. It has been just brilliant. And I congratulate them all. And thank the people in Integral Fitness and Leisure who are just brilliant, brilliant with them. They're always anyway, in good form, aren't they? Yeah, they are. That's the thing about it. You know, like, it's a big ask. Yeah, it is a big ask. But they are feeling well in every way. It's terrific. It really is. Anyway, we're on our way uh, to enjoy the weekend. You're thank off you to so buy Maltesers. <laughs> Yes, yes, I'll have to give it a try now. She's really put the thought into my mind, that's for sure. That is something I learned that I didn't expect on late lunch this afternoon. Would you try it yourself with Maltesers? And no ice. And no ice. Yeah. Mm. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I can't see it working, but we'll have to try. Oh, sure we will. We'll have to give it an hour. And give feedback. Yeah. (laughs) For sure, if we're able. Anyway, that's it for another week on Late Lunch. Thanks to uh, Louise Walsh, who you've been listening to there. Thanks so much, Louise, for uh, producing this show with me. I couldn't do it without you every single day. Thanks a million to our guests during the week who come to us, and especially you, our listeners, who join us every day. We really do appreciate it. Eddie's coming next with The Drive. Plenty on on LMFM over the weekend, starting with Dundalk, the champions in action tonight in the uh, Electricity League, home to Sligo Rovers, live on the app, remember, and online on lmfm.ie as well and into the weekend as well with loads of sport uh, Saturday and Sunday. We'll be back on Monday with a brand new week of late lunch and enjoy yourselves, take care and come back on Monday for the start of a brand new one, half one. See you then. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors now open in Dundalk beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.